It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 606-95.5 WSB. This is the Lawn and Garden Show, and I am Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here with Ashley Frasca, the curious, the inquisitive, the always, why do you do that, Gardener? <laughs> Ashley Frasca, here to keep me, keep my toes to the fire to make sure that whatever I say is right, as right as I can make it anyway. And we are here to answer your garden questions as well, 404 872 0750 404 Ashley. Yes. One of the pleasures of this of this show is that I get sometimes to shoot out of the air internet rumors and false information and things that are just going around, you know, through yeah. the internet. The Old wives' things. tales, Old too. Old wives' tales, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And one came up this week that I had seen before, but it came up with a nice new visual this time, made it sound so sensible, so Hmm. right. This has got to be true. And it was an article in London where a guy claimed, and the writer had uh, followed up and written an article about him, a guy claimed that if you dig a square hole to put your trees and shrubs in, it will be better for the tree and shrub because... Roots, he said, can't go around corners. Roots want to go in circles. And so when they hit the corner, the square hole, the roots will go through that and out into the surrounding soil, and that'll make a better, healthier tree or shrub. You lost me when you dig a square hole. Did you see me roll my eyes? <laughs> I, see you roll your eyes. I hope everyone didn't hear that. But her eyes rolled up way high in Ashley's head. And, of course, this is completely false. If roots can go under driveways, yes. through foundations, yes. et cetera, et cetera, why would they not like a corner? Exactly. That's, yeah, that doesn't make and any sense. And if you've ever taken a plant out of a square pot, you can see that roots do go around corners. Sure. They go, here, 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 around those. So is that a legit degrees. publication out of London? Yeah, it's or? in newspapers, The Guardian. Oh, you goodness. Know. Maybe, uh, maybe things are different across the pond. It's, it's one know. step up from the Inquirer and two steps down from yeah. most other legitimate <laughs> nice. newspapers. So if you see this, and it has been around two or three places and two or three times already in this last week, if you see this note about square holes for trees, that's a better thing for the tree, and if someone tells you, best of all, this is a fun thing, if someone tells you this new thing that they have found out about and you should always dig your square holes, tell them Walter and Ashley say, BS. Well, and I use like a spaded shovel, you know, with that's yeah. rounded and cupped, yeah. and I don't, I rarely use the flat square shovel. Sure. So, I mean, that that would actually be a lot harder to dig a hole with that because it doesn't have a point on it. It's yeah, right. Flat. I don't like using that. That would spade. take forever to dig yeah, a hole with right. that. But you'd have to use that to get the right shape of a square hole. The that's rounded, insane. pointed, the pointed, rounded shovel is the yes. one I use all the time. Yes, it's me too. Spade to use once in a while for squaring things up for ditches that I'm digging and things like that, but never to make a square hole. <laughs> well, thank you for knocking Ooh. that one out. One of my favorites, I have to say, yes. over the years of doing the show with you, Juicy Fruit Gum to Deter Mold. Like, that <laughs> that made me laugh so hard the first time I ever heard that. I thought, what? To repel them, right? Supposedly. That's what people claim. Right. Supposedly. Uh, they call BS on that. Yeah. We need a <laughs> horn or something. We can Garden myths. Sound in this, this 
studio, they would say, <laughs> eh, wrong, eh. Like Clark Howard. Yeah, scam yeah, alert. His things too. Yeah, <laughs> scam alert, scam alert, scam alert. It's totally scam alert right there. Let's see. What else did I see this week that I thought was interesting? Um, I saw one little, little slight mention of, uh, of uh, using uh, foot wash to put on your plants. They said that would be helpful. And then there was another one I saw somewhere. I've forgotten it now. By the way, let's invite our listener to If you have heard of some internet weird thing that you want to know if it is correct or not correct, if, it's, if you want to know if it's a garden myth, if it's a garden woo-woo, if it's a garden this, that, and the other, you can ask those questions too, 404-872-0750. We'll do our best to find the logical research-based answer for you and give you what really, really is true. All right, we'll do that. Let's go to the phones. Who do we have in here? Charles, brother Charlie, down in Florida, Georgia. Florida, Georgia, listen to me. Hey, Charlie, good morning. How y'all doing? Hey, we are. Good. Right. What's going with you? Only with you, Charlie. Well, I'm doing something I, you couldn't do down there. I'm outside having coffee, and yeah. I got a tank top and shorts on, and it's real nice. 55 and, degrees in Atlanta right now, down in Florida. Uh, You're just living the life. <laughs> so anyway, the air route, can I use the, since I've got enough to supply uh, the nurseries with it forever, yeah. can I use that stuff green, or does it need to be dead to gotta be chop green. it up for air route? got to be green. Green? Oh, wait, what did I say? Wrong. Walter, right there. It's got to be dead. Okay. Excuse me, Charlie. I just okay. went off a little what, head of my tongue there. What is he asking about? <clears throat> All right. Charlie, why have you Air got rooting? Yeah, you've got a, I can hear your chimes back there, born in the wind. So let's explain what air rooting is. Air rooting or air layering, some people call it, oh. is when you um, scrape the branch on a hydrangea, let's say, and you put some rooting hormone on it, and then you wrap that with sphagnum moss. That's what Charlie's asking about. What kind of moss does he have to use? Oh, okay. You wrap that with plastic, wrap that with aluminum foil, and within, uh, what, two or three months? Yeah, rootones in there first. And so within a couple of months, it'll form roots in that mass of sphagnum moss that is around the, around the stem. And so Charlie's saying, now, could I use, instead of sphagnum, which is dead, could I use green moss? Because he has a number, uh, got a whole bunch of green moss in mm-hmm. Florida. And the answer is? Got to be the dead no. stuff. Okay. Sphagnum. Okay. Got to have sphagnum. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, the reason mostly, Charlie, is that the sphagnum moss does not introduce anything that's competing with the roots. And when green things yeah. are in there close to the roots, you have interference with hormones and stuff like that. And so the sphagnum is completely... It doesn't react. It doesn't have any living stuff in it, so that's what you'd use. So maybe chop it up and set it out for about a week, and that ought to kill it good enough? Uh, you try that and let me know how it works out. <laughs> I really okay. I really mean that. Try it and see how it works yeah. out, because there's if other things. If I had a microwave, I'd put it in a microwave, but we don't really have a microwave. So Why do you not have you microwaves? Know, it just, you just we don't. hadn't had one in over 15 years, really. How do you we heat just, up your uh, coffee? What do you how what do you, what do you put your your piece of pie into? Heat it up before after supper. What well, we you, got the one of the little toaster ovens, you know. Yeah, those yeah. work great. Yeah, and uh, it was just always kind of in the way, and you know you forget about it. You leave a spoon in there, pop pop pop. Yeah, that's fun. And, uh, <laughs> so we just got away from it, and anything we wanted, we just heated up on the stove, and right. I don't know. Back yeah. in the dark ages, we just oh. Old school. <laughs> Old school. Well, do it, Charlie. Do the experiment for me. Find out if you can use regular moss from out of your yard instead of sphagnum moss. Compare, you know, two or three different techniques on a, on a hydrangea or a rose or something and let us know. What's going to be on my gardenies? What do you mean, what's on your gardenies? 
That's what it's, that's what I'm going to read. Oh, gonna, oh, I brought them from, okay. Yeah, I brought them out of Alpharetta, and that's the only thing that really lived down here, and they're yeah. doing very well. Yeah, good to hear that. So yeah, I'll, I'll let y'all know, but uh, y'all take care and just uh, enjoy your weather as best you can. Thanks, yeah, Charlie. Right. It's going to really warm down in Florida. Charlie's making fun of us that we don't have warm weather here in Atlanta. Still 55 degrees this morning. Man. So the inquisitive gardener. Yeah. Hence, I'm raising my hand to ask yes, you a question. So. I understand air layering and the whole process, but why? What does the moss provide? That uh, really air. What it does is it keeps the area around the damaged part of the stem. We put the root hormone. It gives it air. It gives it some way for it to exchange gases because stems and living tissues always want to exchange gases: oxygen, carbon dioxide, uh, ethylene gas as well. And if you just wrap that damaged place with plastic, it couldn't breathe through oh, the plastic. But if okay. you wrap it with a big fistful size of damp sphagnum moss, about this big, I'm holding it in front of a microphone right here until you can see a fistful size of wad, I guess you'd call it, of sphagnum moss, wrap that around the stem, and then the plastic around that, okay. then you have a lot of air in there that they can exchange back and forth. You know what else could maybe work Tell me for air layering if you needed that and you didn't have moss? What, what about like a, a dried loofah? It's a little stiff, Ooh. but that's breathable. That's got holes in it. Like Frasca, this is why you make the big bucks in here is yeah. asking questions like that. Why not? I mean, yeah, yeah. you could. I use them for scrubbies, like for the dishes, right. you know, but uh, they're breathable. You yeah, know, you can do that. May will be here soon enough, Ashley, and you can do that in your yard, in your landscape, with your plants, and let me know okay. whether the sphagnum or the loofah sponge works, or whether a regular sponge works, or whether you could put cornflakes or just anything you want to <laughs> in there. As long as it's not living, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's be right. Not living. Marion is in Granville, Georgia. Hey, Marion. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Hey, Bubba. What's, um, what's going a on? Young lady there. I can't remember her name. Let's call her Ashley. I'd call her Ashley. Ashley. Hey yes. there. Good yeah. morning, Ashley. Good morning. Uh, grapes. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of putting in some grapes, and I've been doing a little research on YouTube. And uh, some people are saying down here in Dixie, you might as well just go ahead and put in muscadines. That's not always um, true. You want some bunch grapes, right, Marion? Yeah, yeah. You know, something. Uh, sort of like where you, where you came from, from where you're up in north in the north of the of the uh, yeah, states. you know, toga parties. You know, you're gonna. Have <laughs> I know they have around no, your I, house. All right, Marion, there are yeah. several bunch grape varieties that work fine in Georgia. There's Fredonia. I've got two or three more on my website. I can't remember the rest, but I remember Fredonia is one that just comes to mind right now. But there are two or three that you can use very easily. Grow great bunches. You can have red. You can have white. You can have uh, sort of the tawny pink grapes as well. You don't have to have muscadines down here. You can make some bunch grapes. Okay. Okay. And what are chill days? Can you explain chill yeah. days? Yeah, sure. The chill date is what the chill hours is what you're really looking for. When I'm you sorry. Have, yeah. Chill. Yeah. When you have a peach tree, for instance, a peach tree needs a certain number of days below 45 degrees, I think, during the wintertime in order to make the buds want to bloom the next spring. If you don't have enough chill, chill hours during the wintertime, then the peach doesn't bloom very well. And so when you plant a peach, when you plant some apples, it'll say on the tag, it'll say some, when you look up the uh, variety online, it'll say requires 300 chill hours, requires 200 chill hours, or is it a low chill peach or something like that? Gotcha, gotcha. 
Okay, uh, Walter right. Ashley, thank you very much. You bet. Have look a great morning. There. Look at my website, WalterReeves.com, and on there, just type the word grape or bunch grape. Maybe that'll take you to the page that has a list of all the different kind of grapes that do very well in Georgia. It's 618. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves' Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. And an update on this weekend's weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, maybe the rain will subside a little bit of high around 57 lows in the mid-30s, clearing and windy, so temperatures falling, of course, by evening time. Zero percent chance of rain tomorrow. It's going to be dry, sunny, high of 53, a low of 32. An updated forecast comes from Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz in 10 minutes here on 95.5 WSB. Where we also play David Byrne and Walter dances to him. Here we are. <laughs> that was a good song. He was dancing to <laughs> does, David Byrne. Does he do a Psycho Killer? He does. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And we'll play that for you if you don't watch out. He'll be on the show within 30 seconds, I bet. <laughs> Robert and Tucker. Hey, Robert, join us in the Lawn and Garden. Happy New Year Happy to Miss Ni- Nicole at, yeah. in Griffin, Georgia. Miss Ashley, a newcomer. Yeah. Nicole, by the way. And you, all, and you also. Oh, thanks, Robert. Thank I do appreciate you. that. Robert, are you the guy that lost his possum? Yes. Well, oh. did you find the possum? We're all wondering about that. No, no, I didn't. I, my possum was lost, and uh, I, I'm not going to get into that because it's very sad. Well, oh, it no. is. For me. Well, I talked about yeah, you. Yeah, I lost the possum. The next Saturday, but I talked the, about you and giving possums pedicures and doing all sorts of stuff with possums. And <laughs> no, that was you guys that did that. And Ms., uh, the, uh, my sweet Alabama lady uh, uh, from Pike, yeah. Ms. Galloway. But uh, my experience with the possum was a kind of possum, was kind of possumous. And uh, the problem is that they roam. They do. You know, and they... They can't see very well at night, and it, you know they're nocturnal, and mm-hmm. they can't see, and they smell. So when they come into your house, they're gonna knock over everything looking for something to eat. Yeah, yeah. But uh, as far as a sweet animal, I don't think uh, the creator made anything better than a possum. Well, I learned so, Robert while I was sort of researching my my introduction about possums last week. I learned that number one, possums do indeed eat ticks. That they are a tick eater. Now, I'm not going to say they will prevent Lyme disease or anything like that, but they do clean themselves regularly, and they are a clean animal all the way from they their nose to, very, their, to their walk tail. Off, I'll assure you, they are. Uh, this, uh, my pos was, uh, she was uh, almost totally white in mm-hmm. color. And uh, I, have, I also have cats that, that, that she integrated with them. Ate with them, never attacked them. Uh, they are extremely clean animals. Yeah, they but are. the only thing that's dirty about them is that right at the base of the tail, there's a a gland down there that used to exude a oily, smelly substance to deter predators from eating them, and that is what you smell most of all when you smell a possum, not the hair when well, they clean the, themselves. But the, but you said talk about the tail when they start growing up, all. They're eating, and they eat constantly mm-hmm. from when they, you know, I don't know what they do during the day. I guess they sleep. But 
they constantly eat at night. I mean, and they put on weight, and they get so big so fast. We're going to get I mean, you guys I, on a show together yeah, just to talk possums. Show, I love it. We should. You were the host <laughs> well, of they, possums. They, uh, they really do. They, they, uh, it's a fascinating marsupial. It's a yeah. great Robert, animal. Robert, we've only got about a minute and a half here, so let's answer your garden question before we get off into yeah. possums further. Is the University of Georgia doing anything with Mondo grass uh, to get it to uh, Mondo? Excuse me. It's not grass. Mondo ground cover yeah. to make it do any better by spreading it like a half inch a year. It can do better than that. But to my knowledge, no. It no, no, it don't. No. no. Yeah, my Mondo grass, when I fertilize it with milorganite or hollytone or something like that, it goes at least two or three inches a year. Wow. Well, well, I'm going to increase that. mine. And what would you say that was again right quick? Milorganite or hollytone. So a slow-release fertilizer. Slow release organic, yeah, slow-release organic oh, fertilizer. And okay. It grows great. You, you know it's the best uh, ground covering. It's like a wool carpet. I recommended it to somebody just last night and told them the Mondo grass <laughs> is a really, really good ground cover. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley, and thank you, Walker. I always appreciate you, and, and uh, uh, thank you for the, le- the sweet lady in Griffin. And we'll, if we find a possum, Robert, I'll go to Tucker and let him go, and he'll come to your house. <laughs> I'm sure that possum knows where he's wanted, and Robert yeah. needs his possum or a substitute possum. That's sweet. Back again. Yeah. That's sweet. And he knows those things. Again, possums are very clean. They clean themselves constantly. Just a little tail end of them might be, not be so pleasant. And they do eat ticks, too. Hmm. So nothing bad about a possum. 627 at Talk WSB and News Talk and 95.5 WSB, excuse me. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden. 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Welcome back to the Lawn and Garden Show here on 95.5 WSB. Ashley Frasca usually on the other side of the window screening phones Mm -hmm. for, what did we determine, eight years for this show? So usually that's how you heard me was on the phone rather than on the air with Walter. You bought your house when? 2011, so... Coincidentally, right there, yeah. yeah, it was such coincidence. I thought, well, I bought a house with a nice yard. I can fill in on Saturday mornings every now and then answering phones. And look, here we are. Eight, Eight years, later, years later. Still on the show, still in the same house. And she's not boring. And she's learned a lot. It's really great. <laughs> really have learned a lot. Yeah. So alongside Walter Reeves answering lawn and garden questions here, of course, until nine o'clock this morning, as usual. Thank you for always tuning in and making this show part of your Saturday morning routine. As we already heard from one of our listeners you're just waking up, easing into the day, drinking coffee as you listen to the show. I am, too. You are, too. <laughs> so. You're right there. A big cup of coffee. Ask us weird, intriguing, strange questions. Ask us basic questions. Ask us questions about houseplants. We don't get nearly enough questions about houseplants. If you have a houseplant problem, 404-872-0750. Virginia is in Sandy Springs this morning. Hey, Virginia. Good, Good morning. Happy New Year to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. I have uh, a good number of magnolia trees in my yard, and I've noticed this summer that the individual limbs, the whole limbs, uh, are turning are turning brown and dying. Do you yeah. have any thoughts? Absolutely, I have a thought. I have a thought about everything. 
I'm right some <laughs> okay. of the time. I'm wrong some of the time. That's why Ashley is here. To, uh, I think you're right, right most of the time. <laughs> well, in this case, I was wrong because originally about four or so years ago, Virginia, I thought to myself, you know, there's nothing wrong with those trees, those magnolias that have the tips of that turn brown. It's just they got frozen or drought or something like that. I just couldn't see any damage that would cause it. So I thought I was under no big deal. And then my friend Jeff Potter brought to our remote broadcast when we were in... Um, Alpharetta. Could have been Alpharetta, yeah, mm-hmm. somewhere over there. Jeff Potter brought in the end of a magnolia branch sure and said, did. look what happens when I scrape the bark away on this magnolia branch. Look at those two little black dots right there. That is black uh-huh. tip borer. He said, that is exactly oh. what that is. And I said, oh, so I've been wrong for four years. So you had to get back oh, under the bark yeah, to yeah. see where it had bored in. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, Virginia, if you go to your magnolia and you get one of those tip uh, brown leaf branches that has four or five brown leaves out there, just take a little dull knife and scratch it a little bit, scrape the bark away. Okay. And you'll usually see one or two or three maybe little black dots on the you know, the pith of the stem. Underneath right the bark. The yeah. Okay. And uh, that is the entrance holes of the black tip borer. And what do I do about that? You prune them all out and discard the leaves and have a cup of coffee. <laughs> wow. Some of, our, some of those limbs are pretty high up in the in the way up in the tree, so where they where they spread to the rest of nah, not really. That's not a bad one. Mostly the environment and predator insects and beneficial insects control it pretty well. But it's not your whole Uh magnolia tree that's covered in brown branches, right? It's just four or five. No, maybe. Yes, but it's it's yes, but it's on all of them. I mean, but I would say yeah, ten or twelve branches on each one, maybe depending on how big it is, of course. So. Yeah. So I would yeah. prune out what you could reach and have a cup of coffee. Oh. <laughs> have a cup of coffee. I'm going to prescribe that. I love your show. I've listened thank to you. you for many, many years. And uh, so thank you so much for your service. Thanks, Both Virginia. You. Many years to come. Thanks for calling. Okay, great. Thank you. Bye-bye. 404-872-0750. Amy in Braselton. Hey, Amy, good morning. Good morning. So I have a house plant that okay, I don't know what plant. it's called. Where's my little Yay. Um, It's got big green leaves, and then it's got this white sprout that comes up through the middle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what it's called. Peace lily? Is the, is the, white, is the white flower kind of cupped? Like a palm sort no, of. No, 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 no. It's more like a um, like little balls on it. Oh. oh, balls on it. Come now. And they're all, and they're all tiny. white? Yeah, it's all white. And then it just comes up. I mean, they come up, you know, like once a, a season or something mm-hmm. like that. But anyway, here's the deal. Okay. My okay. dog, it, I got it when my daughter was uh, born, and she's now 35. So <laughs> okay. that's how old this plant is. Yeah. Wow. The dog has eaten it multiple times. Now it's down to a stump and has come back every time. Mm-hmm. So this time it looks like it's a little questionable whether it's going to come back. What can I do? to help bring it back. Let me ask a couple more questions. Because I, like Ashley, immediately thought, peace lily. Mm-hmm. She says, because the white things come up in the middle, it has to be that. But then when you say, no, they're little balls, how big are the little ball things that you see on this flower? Tiny, tiny. I would, you know, real. Um, and how wide are the leaves and how long are, is each leaf and how wide is it? So I would say the leaves are probably five inches and maybe four inches wide. So they're, mm-hmm. they're bigger. Hmm, I'm thinking dumb cane, Dracaena. Dracaena will bloom. It's got to be old and mature in a pot. 
Uh, let's look up dumb cane or Dracaena is what I think you might have, Amy. Okay. Okay. Now, does the pet show any distress after eating the leaves on this, on this plant? What do you mean? I mean, does the dog, you said it's your dog, I think, is eating the leaves on it? Yeah, yeah. And I do, mean... They don't sort of I'm stick sorry. their tongue out, and the tongue sort of looks sort of purpley red at the same time for no. an hour or so? Because if, no. if it's dumb cane or Dracaena, a common name for Dracaena is dumb cane, D-U-M-B-C-A-N-E, because Dracaena causes um, your, your tongue and sometimes the upper part of your throat to swell up because it has oxalic acid in the... Um, in the tissue and the sap. And so you don't want a dog eating it. And that's why I asked, does he show any distress? If he's not showing distress, it's probably not numb cane. So my Dracaena diagnosis may be wrong. It's not Dracaena after all. So we still don't know what plant you have there. Okay. But I was thinking snake plant could be Sansevieria, which is called snake plant or mother-in-law's tongue. I thought initially, because with Ashley, we thought it was a peace plant or spathophyllum. But I can't think of anything else that's green with white spots or white stripes. Well, it's common in, it, you see these plants in floral arrangements from mm-hmm. florists all the time. You know, like when it's a common, um, like um, when so they, I don't know. filler, like, filler of the yeah. floral arrangement. What yeah. else would be green with white, though? And five inches wide. You know the good thing, Amy? The good thing is I have a place on my website where you can have that plant identified. That's easy. Okay. If you can take a picture. That's all I want is a picture or two or three if you can. Okay. And on my website there's a little button that says identify that plant or name that plant, I think. And you click the button and you upload three pictures and say this is where I have this and this is what the flower looks like and any details that you have on there. And within a day or two, me or Ashley or a lady named Laura from Texas, one of the three of us will tell you what it is. In the meantime, is there anything I can do to to help it along? That's what I wondered, like if it had been okay and thriving for 30 plus years and now all of a sudden, you know, some condition has changed. I mean, I, houseplants don't necessarily have a lifespan generally. It's not mm, like, oh, it reached 30 years, it's going to die. Time, yeah. yeah, so um, I wonder what the conditions are. I mean, have you repotted it? Has it outgrown the pot that it's in? Or have you changed the sunlight that it's getting? No, well, I think what I think it was in a too big of a pot. Oh. So we, we reduced the size because we thought, well, that will help it along because it's just in, in too big of a pot. Yeah. Uh, but it's just... It just isn't coming back this time. Even not knowing what the plant is, you can probably guess most houseplants are tropical plants, right? And so in the jungles of the Amazon, places like that, then they get sunshine. The sunshine is pretty intense, even under the shade of the trees above. And so your houseplant, whatever it is, probably would benefit from being outdoors in the spring when it gets warm and to go outside and be in a not direct sun, but sort of a semi-sun, bright shade place outdoors and then that more light that they would have outside I think would be useful for the plant it might recover faster than you think okay all right well thank you yeah you bet that's what I would do whatever it is I still wish I knew what it was but whatever it is put it outside in the spring that does benefits for almost all house plants I might not do it African violet, but everything else I'd mm-hmm. put outside under the umbrella of my patio table outside, and that works great. It really makes those houseplants jump up and down. They love being outside. My 
Christmas cactus full of buds and blooms this year, my uh, lemon tree full of leaves and flowers, all sorts of things happen. Good things happen when you put a plant in the environment it likes. My mom nurtured a Christmas cactus every year she does. She she nurtures it so well. And then I bring Shadow over there, my 130-pound <laughs> Great Dane, or even me just brushing up against it near yeah. the kitchen window. Those buds come off so easily. Yeah, they do. We knock them well. off. I felt awful. <laughs> Oops. Best you can do. But fortunately, Christmas cactus, too, is one of those plants that can withstand a lot of sort of abuse, if you will, inside mm-hmm. the house, dry out, too wet, all this other thing. But they really like being outside. They really respond to having that increased light level outdoors. Well, think humans do, too. I mean, how refreshed or how much better yeah. you feel just being outside, getting some vitamin sure. D, getting sure. some sunlight. Houseplants are no different, really. I mean, they can't stay contained 365 days indoors. If it's a nice afternoon, bring it out, you know, for a week or so and... That, that does a lot. And you were really smart. I think we didn't follow up very well on this, but you were smart to say, has it been repotted? What have you done? She said, well, they moved it from one pot to another. But conditions have changed. If, she'd been in this, if the plant had been in the same pot for five or ten years, yeah, by goodness, the soil in that pot has decomposed and just gotten solid and real hard. So should she should have repotted if that had been her condition. That wasn't. But... Uh, if a plant has been in the same pot for a long time, repotting is a great idea. But is it possible? I'd never heard it that way. I'd always heard, you know, go larger because yeah. you, you want to give it more room as the plant gets larger. But she did it the other way. Is it possible to have a, a house plant in too large of a pot to where you do need to go smaller? You end up having water problems of all okay. things that the bigger plant, bigger pot, I mean, doesn't supply water, doesn't keep the soil around the roots moist enough. And so you end up really, yeah, you can't have a plant in a too big pot. Sure can. And she was smart to realize that and said, okay, we'll fix this. We'll move it from the big pot down to a little pot and get it to be a little more healthy. So sure you can. Again, our phone number, 404-872-0750. Houseplants, organic gardening, pest control, organic pest control. Anything you want to ask, we have an answer. And we think usually it'll be right. 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB. And we're on. 95.5 WSB. Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. Nothing like Psycho Killer to get you up at 6.50 on a Saturday morning. I mentioned it. Jason plays it. So this song stuck in my head. I mean, I know the song's been around for a while, but yeah. we're watching a series on Netflix, Mindhunter, uh-huh. and they play this song at the end of one of the episodes, and it's just so perfect. It's just so appropriate. But anyhow, you don't want to know about that. You want to know about the weather. We got you covered. Brought to you by Finley Roofing with the help of Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz, who's been in for Kirk Mellish. Today, just a 40% chance of rain, but it is going to clear out throughout the day and become pretty windy. High of around 57. Lows in the mid-30s tomorrow. Rain chance goes to zero. We need that for things to dry out. Uh, sunny, high of 53, low of 32. Your complete forecast comes up in less than 10 minutes here on 95.5 WSB. And I got to say, with the torrential rains here in the Atlanta area yeah. yesterday, all day long flooding on the interstates, people were on social media posting their backyards just completely flooded out. Wow. So people are going to need to wait. What would you say, Walter, a good maybe almost a week to really Get out and do anything to do, productive. Yeah, to do any planning, certainly. The ground is just saturated right now. There's so no, much rain. As a matter of fact, last night, actually, I was you know awake for a little while, and I heard something fall in my backyard, and it sure did sound like a tree. And so mm-hmm. I didn't, it was too dark this morning to go out and look. 
I was scared that I have a tree that fell down in my backyard from saturated soil, a little bit of yeah. you know, leaning one way or the other, and down it goes. So I may go home to a surprise today. I mean, on, on all week, I worked all week in traffic, but we began every day on Channel 2 Action News this mm. morning with a tree down somewhere, yeah. whether it was blocking a road and it taken down power lines or a, a poor lady in the metro Atlanta area passed away after a tree fell on her mm. house and it took firefighters almost three hours just to get to her in the home because the tree was so large. But, um, yeah, I mean, that happens just all, all too often. I so saw one of the pictures you posted of a car that was in a big puddle of water on the freeway mm-hmm. and it stopped in the middle of that. So don't go through water. You don't know where you are because it was too deep for her. It says yeah. uh, the DOT always promotes that with standing water on any roads or interstates or anything, which so many were affected yesterday. But uh, turn around. Don't turn do around. That. Don't drown. <laughs> so when you see standing water in your car, turn around. Don't get stalled don't, out in it. But I, if you're on the interstate, it probably wouldn't be a good idea to turn around in that yeah, case. I don't know usually, what you do. That's one of those things. It does get reported. It's <laughs> yes, the wrong way driver, right. we call him. Well, David in Cartersville joins us. Hey, David, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Wally. Hey, David. What's up? I've got a, a asparagus patch that needs resurrection. It's been <laughs> on the ground for about 25 years. Oh. And it just... <laughs> it just it, what do I do to to get it to produce? You it's dig it up. Dying. We talked about repotting for houseplants a while ago, and you can repot or rejuvenate uh, your asparagus plants by digging it up and replanting it. Okay. Yeah. okay. So I starting from things, scratch. I thought, you know, I thought once it was in, it would just produce, be eternal, you know. Yeah, well, David, 20, how many years did you say? 25? At least 25. Oh, boy. Good heavens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, eventually, once in a while, we ought to rejuvenate the asparagus patch. Half of it one year and half the next would be nice. But uh, yours, I think, after 25 years, if it's not producing many spears, it for sure needs to be dug up. And the roots are real thick and uh, like a carrot. They're thick and firm, you know. And you'll see where the roots go. And so be careful. Use a spading fork rather than a shovel so you're not chopping through the roots. And there's a crown. For each plant, there's a crown in the middle that the roots all go to. And you may have three, four, ten plants all in a row. And you can divide those and then replant them a couple of feet apart in a new bed. It's like a new bed would be nice because you wouldn't have the same insects and diseases in the, in the soil. Right. And so you can uh, replant the asparagus in another place, and hopefully it'll spin up some new spears after a year or two. It'll be at maximum production for another 20, 25 years, maybe. <laughs> well, I'm in my 80s. I doubt seriously I'm going to go to too much trouble. Well, but... <laughs> you know, the grandkids, maybe. The kids and the grandkids and the neighbors will all appreciate what you did, David. Well, uh, the deer sure liked it. When it <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, thank you, Walter. Uh, David, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Asparagus is one of those plants... That is a perennial plant. We don't have many perennial vegetable plants, and asparagus is perennial. It comes back year after year, and if you keep ahead of the weeds, which because it's a perennial, sometimes you can't spray anything on it, so you have to pull the weeds by hand. And uh, fertilizing, that's a real heavy feeder, but it'll produce spears for 25 years. Will there be any change in quality over that long of a period of time? Yeah, I think that they do get smaller. I think that when there's a new vigorous plant, as David hopefully is going to do now, that the spears will go back to being pretty large, bigger, big as your little finger, bigger than that maybe when they initially go in. And uh, if you let it stay for a long time, then the spears will get gradually smaller and smaller and fewer of them, and so you don't have much asparagus to talk about. I loved that we had a call last Saturday, too, Walter, of someone already thinking ahead Mm -hmm. of getting mulch and getting some compost and preparing their warm season vegetable garden, already trying to think, you know, 
in a few months, this is what I'm going to want to do. What do I need to be doing now? Yeah, and you can't dig things in right now because the soil is so wet and so right. saturated that you just it makes it into hard pottery, basically, if you dig right now. But in a couple of weeks, when things have dried out a little bit, even though it's cold, yeah, sure, you can mm-hmm. dig amendments into the soil and soften it up. Perfect. Perfect. It's 6.57, almost 6.58. This is Lawn Garden, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. 